0: Hello, 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 this is Tamika Peters. President and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help startup, small and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today you're in for a treat. I have my special guest here, Dr. May. He is with Lee Health. We're going to talk about mental health for children. That's right, mental health for children. It is so important in this day and age, especially with technology and all the things our children have to deal with today. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast, Trinity Life Foundation Naples, helping at-risk youth through their enrichment programs, AVID, AVID. That stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad. They just opened an amazing support center right here in the beautiful Fort Myers, where they will help you with immigration support, utility billing, and English as a second language. Vaxstruse. They received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID-19 and vaccine resources in the black and brown communities. Last but not least, Best Insurance USA, a local agency for Florida Blue. They would help you with your insurance needs. That's for your business, health insurance, life insurance, and so much more. So guys, like I said, my special guest here, Dr. May, how are you doing, Dr. May? I'm very good.
1: Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you so much for being here, taking the time out of your busy schedule to bless our audience with your knowledge. Thank you. You're welcome. So before we get into this interview, I'd like to start with you sharing a little bit about yourself with our audience, and how you chose this profession and um, working at Lee Health.
1: That's a, you know, it's a lengthy story. I know, I'll try to cut it down, but um, so I'm originally from Philadelphia, Philadelphia region, and early, early on in my life, as cliche as this sounds, I, I knew I wanted to help people, so I never knew exactly which field. However, as a young kid, Unfortunately, I struggled with a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. That was my my, uh, barrier to really becoming the best person I can be. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had a wonderful father and mother who supported me through my anxiety journey. They were always there to talk, they were always there to help and and got me in the right direction to get through it. So I never forgot about that. And I always felt as though I had to pass it forward. Mm -hmm. So eventually I got into my uh, college career and I was doing, studying medicine and uh, minoring in psychology, and I just didn't feel the motivation to pursue mm. a further career in medicine. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel as though that's what my calling was. Okay, And I reflected back onto a time where, you know, I had people helping me through my anxiety, and then that, that idea of, hey, I better pass it on forward, uh, came back, so I continued out my master's and doctoral career up in uh, Philadelphia area, studying to be a clinical psychologist and you know the pandemic kind of invaded my uh (laughs) my uh career Uh or my uh, doctoral career and Mm -hmm. i felt as though i just need a little bit more training okay so i looked for a two-year fellowship program which florida state university Mm -hmm. was offering and i took it uh, first it was the first one i applied to the first one i committed to my wife and i moved down here in the midst of the pandemic Mm -hmm. i joined lee health who was uh, FSU was embedded in their uh, organization and I just fell in love with Lee Health and their mission statement and all they're offering their patients in this yeah. area and yeah. I felt I could make an impact and help the the organization grow as well Mm
0: -hmm. so shout out to florida state for stealing dr may away from the philadelphia area so he could bless us in southwest florida with our children and getting them on their way to success
1: Hey, my heart is still in philadelphia but i do love but you're
0: here with us (laughs) so dr
1: may um
0: so first of all i want to congratulate you for Embarking on such an amazing career and de- deciding to pay it forward with specifically with children and then making it through going through your, your dissertation online through Zoom, as well as during the pandemic, which were the times were uncertain. We really didn't know what COVID-19 was. A lot of people lost their lives. So that that had to be really difficult to to deal with that. So you mentioned as a child, you dealt with anxiety. How were you able to to deal with, with such a challenging load, you know, going through your, your, your studying and having to do a, a portion of your work on Zoom.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think I've learned a, an air of resilience yeah, throughout my yeah. Life. yeah. And I was, I was definitely taught it. Uh, I was blessed with my mother and father, who are both the most resilient people I know, mm-hmm. teaching me those traits. Um, and as I got older, I tried to grow up myself mm-hmm. in all different areas of my life mm-hmm. and I think that allowed me to to maintain stability Throughout my, my dissertation, my doctoral career, mm-hmm. um, loss of patients, if that, you know, whether it be COVID-19 right. age, what have you, or just tell, uh, challenging topics mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. may come about. It's that resiliency mm-hmm. factor mm-hmm. that I would pride myself off of.
0: Yeah, that's very important. So you, you mentioned that you specialize in providing counseling services mm-hmm. to uh, children ages 4 through 18. Um, what what are some of the 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 main concerns you see that uh, our children are dealing with today? And then we'll have a follow up question on how we could work through those through that particular one issue. Because I know there are, are, are a wide array of issues.
1: Well, that's a great question. So I think coming out of the pandemic, you see you saw a significant spike in anxiety amongst the hmm. the younger kids and also the adolescent and the soon-to-be adult uh, okay age range and there could be a multitude of reasons why but i think it it tends to manifest a lot in social engagements Hmm. because they were pulled away for about two or three years from normal uh, Mm age-appropriate social interactions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so there's a a higher level of anxiety within that age range than i I believe ever before Mm -hmm. and um In addition to that, I I do believe uh, you have a generation of children that tend to be a little bit more lost in their journey, and I feel as though if they can just find a goal or a few goals that they can put their minds Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. the other issues will relatively
0: will work itself out. Yeah, I know. From from me, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think well into like my early 40s I, and, and I felt frustrated so I think m- my remedy was always going to school I was always getting some sort of cert- certification I, I, I nearly went crazy after my master's degree so I stopped there but I was always going to get some sort of set certification getting some training because I knew that I still haven't found discovered my gift or purpose so I didn't discover that until I got into the nonprofit world. But right. when I was in government, yes, I, I, was, I had a, a pension, I had good benefits, I was making good money, but I still wasn't satisfied. I couldn't wait till Friday, yeah. you know, couldn't wait till the weekend. And then when I was recruited to the nonprofit world, a lot of my friends thought I was crazy, like, why would I go work for a nonprofit? Right. But for the first time, my first job with the nonprofit work, I worked for an abused women's shelter. Yeah. So I saw the, the impact that we were making in the lives of women who were being abused who didn't really have the finances to go leave on their own. Right. But they had this outlet. They had this r- resource, which is the shelter that would help them with safety planning and help them get back on their way. And some women even started a business. Uh, they went back to school. They got an education. And they were, for the first time in their lives financially independent. Right. So hearing those stories and seeing them, it, it, I knew From that moment on, I found my purpose, which was a to serve and to be nonprofit because nonprofits, I mean, the the spectrum is so huge as to the impact they're making, whether it's housing, mental health, uh, just so many things that nonprofits do. So that's why I love it so much. So say I'm a parent. Um and my child is dealing with anxiety or mental health issues, how do I first identify that? Because oftentimes we talked about this before we started recording the podcast that it takes two parents. They're working and sometimes they might have two or three jobs. They're not home. So they don't all necessarily see the signs that they're their child is struggling mentally with something or the child is probably always on the phone or away. So what is right. some of the the telltale signs parents could look for to kind of identify that to try to get their children some help?
1: That's a great question. So I, I do believe that at some point in time, there's an intrinsic Um, understanding that mothers and fathers share, and grandparents as well Mm -hmm. to a certain degree, that their child is struggling with something. They may not know exactly what, but they just know that their son or daughter may not just be themselves in this moment. Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, I do believe it's best to seek support, whether that be going to your primary care physician going to specialty care, going to a psychologist, just to have an a unbiased eye on them. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, the, the one area I really enjoy, well, there's multiple areas, but the one thing I really enjoy in the initial portion of therapy is exploring the parent's perception of
0: mm-hmm. what's going
1: on. And I try to defer to their expertise, one as mm-hmm. a parent, and two as a parent of their child. Because at that moment in time, I can synthesize then my understanding, my conceptualization, theirs, and then really put it into a nice, and also the child. I don't want to mm-hmm. forget mm-hmm. about him or her and put it all together in a nice package mm-hmm. and then provide that to the parent and say, look, I think this is what what's going on. This is what we're going to need to do mm-hmm. to treat it.
0: Mm-hmm. Very important. So how does how does one seek the help without the child being stigmatized, like, oh, you're crazy, you're going to a psychologist.
1: You know, unfortunately, I still believe we're living in a world where mental health issues, just the notion alone that we call them mental health issues, right. and not just health issues, similar right. to that of diabetes. Right, exactly. And so on and so forth. Um, it, and while that's colloquial in nature, that's just what we say, mm-hmm. I, I do believe there's an air stigmatization that's mm-hmm. still pervasive. Um, I believe trying to switch around the verbiage of a child, whether it be they're the anxi- anxious kid or they're the ADHD kid, no, they're they're the kid with ADHD, mm-hmm. just like they're the kid with blonde hair or they're a kid with right. glasses, right. they're a kid with anxiety, mm-hmm. so their self-identity is one component of it is the mental health issue, mm-hmm. but there's a multitude of other areas of their life. Right, right. And um, that they're recognized.
0: Right, right. I, I think that's Im- important for for us as people to understand that we're not one prong. Really. We're more than that. And, and I had to discover that for myself as an entrepreneur because, okay, yes, I'm a consultant that specializes in nonprofits, but I'm so much more than that. Right. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm also a serial entrepreneur. Right. I'm an investor. I'm so much more. I love to decorate, and I don't have to be put in this one box.
1: Absolutely.
0: So really understanding that you don't have to just do one thing. You could actually explore your talents, and I think that's part of, um, I, I believe it's Manslow, hierarchy of needs, oh, yes. self acu, acu- I can never pronounce that word. <laughs> self actualization Sorry, guys. And management was my degree. But um, I think that's very important when you actualize who you are, what was your purpose here, and you're able to fulfill that, whatever that is. So you, you talked about children being lost because they haven't really discovered their goals. Walk me through how you work with them to discover their goals in the first place or talents that, that are hidden and they haven't yet discovered
1: so i i believe with any child any adolescent they have a natural gift whatever that is um and and first off it's amazing to see when it fully comes out. yeah but sometimes they need a little push in that direction Mm -hmm. so for any kid big or small i think one of the best ways of handling any presenting issue that comes in is to get a finish line in in place. A finish line in place. For big and small goals. Okay. And they can be as simple as learning to ride your bike, Mm -hmm. tying your shoe, Mm -hmm. maybe finishing up that project, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And from there, if they're really set on that goal and it aligns with their value, their day kind of naturally just structures itself Mm -hmm. to accomplish that goal.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Now the goal does have to align with their value to some degree but indirectly what's going to happen is that they're gonna face challenges throughout accomplishing that goal. And uh, throughout reaching that Mm -hmm. proverbial finish line. And while they're facing those challenges, if it's a goal that they truly wanna accomplish, if it's embedded in their value system, they're going to have to be resilient. Mm -hmm. And thus they're going to build that resiliency up Mm -hmm. naturally and then that can be used in different points in time to handle the bigger stressors that you face Mm -hmm. as you get older.
0: Yeah, yeah that's very important and I know we talked earlier before we started recording about it taking a village. Yes. So being that parents are working two or three jobs Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of single parent household holds Um, the parent doesn't always have time to spend with the children so we as a community have to step up and fill in the gaps so please tell us how can we be that village to help the parent when they're not around because this is our future these are our future doctors these are our future electricians plumbers this is our future society so it, it behooves us to to take care of them because they eventually will take care of us if they're a nurse or whatever that is.
1: So I, I think as a community, there's a few things that we can do. Okay. I think the first is, is just simply support. Just extend mm-hmm. kindness, motivation, positive motivation mm-hmm. that is caring like, hey, how did you do in that game, or how did you mm-hmm, do in that, mm-hmm. but then that takes um, knowledge
0: yeah. and
1: connection, yeah. which would be the second thing. I, I, I think there's a, a separation amongst neighborhoods, separation yeah. even amongst families, yeah. both immediate yeah. and extended. And I, I think just a, more a communal approach of towards connection would be very beneficial for these kids. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I am sorry if I... Understand.
0: Oh, no, 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 go ahead.
1: So, and then I think the final thing is have, I I think the teachers right now who get to see the kids probably more so maybe than the parents right now are completely overworked. They're They're very burdened with a lot of different things. Hmm. Um, And I I do empathize with them. Um, But you know, if we can Hmm. continue embedding the, the teachers into that community, so they're not separate, so it's one one um, environment fostering the kids' development.
0: Interesting, you know. And I was just thinking about ways that I could do my part because um, last year I was a um, a guest. They call it a guest teacher. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, we call it a substitute teacher mm-hmm. in the Lee County School District. And I actually left because the kids are, <laughs> it was overwhelming. Oh, and yes. I taught all grades. And I think my two favorite grades were high school students surprisingly mm. and um, the special needs kids. Yeah. So the special needs kids um, I was warned about them mm-hmm. and it was actually fun because they, they liked I would always set a goal with them and then we would accomplish it together and then I would cheer them on when they account and they wanted to 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 make me happy and and I wanted to see them smile so that was interesting well and then the preschoolers all they wanted to do was hug me and play with my hair (laughs) but then the high schoolers I outsmarted them because they they tried to you know have their smart mouths but I could always come back with them and and um you know discipline them and then they sort of straightened up so that was really interesting but um So we have the, like the boys and girls clubs of the world. We have the big brothers, big sisters that provide mentorships, but, um, you know, so we have the churches, um, the little league games and all that stuff. So I, I think, I I don't know if it's something that an organization could reach out to them to train them, to look at signs and to sort of step up and have more of a, a family oriented, um, sort of uh, mindset when they're approaching the different children and working with them. But um, yeah, maybe even mentoring or we'll have to explore ha- how um, how we can make a bigger impact because I, I
1: definitely see there's a great need. Yeah. There's a great need. And- it's just there's such separation between all entities mm-hmm. that a child's involved in. From the, the sports teams, to the arts, to the teachers, to the family, it, it all is segregated. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's it's a nice linear or a nice yeah. uh, mesh uh, yeah. of, of groups.
0: Yeah, because they all do think do different things, right? But they can all make an impact differently. Yes. yes, interesting. Okay, so if someone wanted to reach out to you for more information or to seek counseling um, through you, they would have to, of course, be between the ages of. For an 18 years old. Yes. um, How could they reach you?
1: So I can be reached at Raymond, so R A Y M O N D. Okay. dot May, so like May, like the month. Okay. at leehealth.org. Okay. So we do go through a referral process. Mm -hmm. So they would have to uh, get on the referral list. I do believe they would have to meet with, you know, be referred by either a doctor, okay. whether it be their PCP, specialty care, psychiatry, developmental, so okay. and so forth. So
0: a referral, do they have to have health insurance in order to see you?
1: Um, yes, I do believe so, but um, I know there's always ways of working through that if, okay. there's, if there's need.
0: Okay, yeah, so yeah, so, so if, okay. So there's definitely ways of working through that. Um, any any last advice because we're going into the holiday season right. which can be very tough for some parents who may not necessarily be able to afford some of the, the things the children want today because mm-hmm. you know they're looking at their friends or they're watching social media and they see this uh, facade of what someone's life is and it's not necessarily always true mm-hmm. so so can you advise our audience on how to get through the the holidays and and, yeah, how to get through the holidays during the the season that is joyous but can also be a reminder for some that they don't have the financial resources to give to their children. And and that's okay because really it's stuff. And I think love is more important. But i like your professional um, advice on that.
1: Well, I'm going to go with exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Love is the most important. Yeah. A hug, a kiss, a story, none of that costs money. Right. And I can't tell you what present I got when I was five exactly
0: exactly there's uh,
1: maybe a Lego or something like that but who knows but I do remember about that Christmas you know my father mother my brother and sisters just laughing by the watching a Christmas movie Mm. or sledding we had snow yeah so um, sledding down the hill yeah like those are the memories that I have And, and those memories they will never, never go away. From right, right. Them. They're mine forever. Right. They don't rust. They, they are not yeah. uh, sold. Nothing. They're mine.
0: Yeah. So, so my takeaway, I'm happy you, 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 gave me that uh, story because my takeaway is definitely creating memories. Yeah. Is more important because I know for my son, for his birthday. I always baked him a cake. Yeah, I would go to the store, the, I think the cake mix was maybe a dollar, mm-hmm. and the frosting was maybe two or three dollars, and I would bake him a cake, and then I would get candles and put it in. He just loved it. Yeah. You know, and I still have video of that. He had the biggest smile on his face, and every year he always expected me to bake a cake. And then as he got older, I didn't think it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I bought him a cake, and he was actually disappointed that right. I hadn't baked him a cake, and I bought him a cake. Right. And that was just, um, kind of showed me that hi, hey, it's, it's the small things and the things that matter and um, as my kids got older I think I saw a story on on some show about creating experiences and not necessarily giving your kids gift right. gifts because what you would see is it was the, the excitement was more so opening the gifts than actually right. the gifts itself and then after they opened the last gift they said that's it Mm -hmm. And they'll play for play with it for a little bit and then it's over. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing uh, as my kids got a little bit older, I stopped doing gifts Mm -hmm. and I we would do trips. We would do like a weekend getaway somewhere and we would go maybe to a museum or a zoo. And and those memories I'll never forget. So those are very important. So, Dr. Mm -hmm. May, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing um, your insights on how. Children's and families can get over anxiety and get the help that they need. And it's not a stigma. It is actually a way to help yourself mentally and get better.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: You're welcome, Dr. May. So, guys, I hope you learned something here um, from Dr. May. This holiday season, experiences, create experiences, spend time with each other Make stuff together. You always remember those experiences day in, day out. I know I do. Dr. May uh, gave examples on um, what he did with his family. So experiences is going to be the takeaway today. If you feel or see signs for yourself as well as your children that they need help, it's not a stigma. Get the help they need. It'll make them a better Person, it'll make the world a better place to live, work, and to play. So don't forget to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And don't forget, Grow Your Nonprofit has merch, guys. We have our own Etsy store with beautiful merchandise anywhere from coffee mugs, t shirts, hats, bags, and more. So stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast episodes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.